Welcome to Name Three Songs with Sarah Fagan and Jenna Million. This is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. Now, you probably noticed, Sarah's not here right now. It's just me, Jenna. We are writing solo today. Sarah is dealing with some personal health matters. She's feeling under the weather. So if you guys want to go show her some love, send some well wishes on the DMs. I'm sure she would very much appreciate that. But we did have a lot of fangirl nonsense that happened this week. So we couldn't go without an episode. We have Harry Styles bald. We have Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey living their best rom-com. We have Jacob Elordi saying the most unhinged things in the most serious manner and really not being like the other boys. We also have some fun polls to read out from our Instagram, as well as getting into a little bit of Grammy discourse. And because there were just so much fangirl nonsense, we thought it would be more fun to have a special guest with us. I'm just going to leave it at that and let's get into it. Larisha Paul, welcome to the pod once again. Thank you for having me. So if you guys don't know a little background on Larisha, she's currently a writer at Rolling Stone, interviews a bunch of your faves. She's come on the podcast before to talk about the Grammys multiple times over. And she's a good friend of myself and Sarah Fagan. And we know that Sarah really wanted to talk about Harry Styles Bald and Taylor Swift. So we had to have another bestie on to join in the fangirl nonsense for this episode. Yeah, I hope I do Sarah justice. You know, <laughs> this is our Sarah Get Well episode. Really everyone, show up everyone her, yes. when, you're, when you're listening to this episode, just be thinking sending good vibes to sarah send a dm if you want well wishes and we will be attempting to do some justice so our first topic of today is harry styles bald because (laughs) this is like a really big like earth shattering thing that's happening right now tmz posted a video of like harry styles and his girlfriend at the sphere like at a youtube concert at the sphere of all places i'm like to me it's funnier that he was spotted with a shaved head, specifically seeing you two at the sphere than anything else. But LaRisha, what was like your reaction to seeing this? Well, because a couple of days or like the week before this happened, there was an edited picture of Harry and everyone was like, oh, he shaved his head. And then the girl that posted it or like sent it to Demois was just like, I was just kidding. I didn't think this was gonna get this far. I didn't think people were gonna see this. We just thought it was funny. And so I'm thinking, weight off my chest. I'm relieved. Yeah. I can continue to know peace. And then it ended up being real anyway. And I just really had to take a moment <laughs> and lock my phone and take some deep breaths. Because I don't even know where to start. But his hair is like his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's hard to form like a actual opinion on whether or not it looks good. Because you can't actually yeah, like yeah, see I it. Agree. It's not like he goes outside. It's yeah. not like he goes anywhere where you're going to be able to see it. But well, I'm the hoping- crazy thing is like when he was in London, like they were being like paparazzi all the time. Like there was photos of him a lot. So I'm like, where is he hiding that we are not? I'm like, I want more photos. I thought by now we would have had more photos of him. Yeah. Because he also always has a hat on whenever he's just yeah, like out and about. True. He's a beanie kind of guy, which like fine. But now I'm hoping strike is over. Award season coming up. Ooh. He's dating an actress. Yep. Taylor Russell, gorgeous girl, get him on a red carpet and he cannot wear a hat. Girl, I need He's you gonna to He's going to be wearing a wig. <laughs> then the wig girl, allegations will be true. Listen, I'm still so certain that those were about Justin Timberlake. That Ooh. blind item about a certain former boy bander. I support that. With some acting yeah. things. I'm so certain that was Justin oh Timberlake. Oh my gosh. 
I just do not trust that his hairline is going to hold up. Yeah. For much longer. Um, do we know? think this is because of a hair transplant? I feel like probably not. I feel like it's too early for that. Do we think he's just live, laugh, loving and trying out his shaved head era? Well, that's what I was trying to find because someone apparently met his mother somewhere recently. I think I think I just saw this also. I was like on Twitter earlier. And she like explained why he shaved his head and was essentially just like... He just felt like He it. wanted something different. Yeah, that's what I saw. It's like, um, that's really, that's really different. I saw a tweet the first night it came out and it was like, how are you going to be named Harry Styles with no hair to style? And it made me cry. <laughs> Literally made tears come out of my eyes. I mean, I think that's the question we're all asking is like, was Harry Styles just attractive because of his hair? And I feel like no. And I was thinking this when I really kind of got my head around his head. And it's like, he has a nice shaped head. He doesn't have like, it's not deformed and like lumpy in any type of way. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's not a head that I'm just like, you need hair to cover that up. Yeah. I just do think it would take literal years to get over him not having hair for any period of time. You know what I was also thinking about? Did you watch the David Beckham documentary? No. Okay. (laughs) It was pretty good. It was pretty good, but there's, like, it, like, shows, like, in the documentary how often David Beckham changed his hair, and he looked good with, like, 90% of the styles that he had. Some of them, I was just like, mm, this is not for you, but most of them, I was just like, this is, this is all right. Like, you, you got it. See, I'm, And like so I feel pro... like maybe if Harry can do that. I'm pro buzz cut. Like, I support it, but I feel like from the, like, the T, we just need more photos because the TMZ video kind of just looked like his hair follicles are like really far apart <laughs> he maybe doesn't have that many <laughs> and it's giving like i feel like i saw somebody say like it's giving like what like spike from like toy story or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> i saw that too but i did put up some instagram polls that were pretty funny because obviously this is a huge thing for all of us so we had to hear the people's voice i said how's everyone feeling 56 percent said distraught and unwell and 44 percent my world said my world will never be the same again all valid answers yeah i think that's fair i just yeah i really need some hqs at this point yeah. i really need something <laughs> we need explanations we need yeah reasons. i need something concrete because also i don't know it'll grow back yeah you it know? will grow back and that'll be a time in and of itself but i like i never was a fan of like long long hair mm. like when he first put that picture up of him holding that ponytail that he cut off i cheered and jumped up and down. <laughs> like i was so happy i just hate long hair yeah. in that way on him but that little prince cut that little you know yeah it's so good it was so, so good. good so if this is gonna get us back to that faster true i'm i'm fine true whatever he needs to do i asked if people support a buzz cut or not 52 percent. so they uh, these are like very split like almost 50 50 52 yeah. said support a buzz cut 48 percent was was he only hot because of his hair question mark again mixed reviews I feel like it's so hard to tell i know yeah I did have like a general share your thoughts and feelings thing. Two people said, I hope he does well in the military. (laughs) (laughs) Someone said, makes me want to jump off of uh, something kind of very tall. Real. One of our friends, Joseph Dubé, said, all men must do this at some point in their life. It's unavoidable. It's just a phase. Not the canon event. We cannot interfere. MC Harrington said, thank God. Now he can fully go bald in peace, which. See, that would be a no. (laughs) We're still holding out for that. A little bit of hair, fine. No hair? <laughs> fully fully razor shaved. Absolutely not. Fully, all the way to the skin. 
Absolutely not. That would be a wild time. And then uh, Becca Beck said he is going to be hot no matter what. So we do have some supporters of Harry Styles is always hot. My favorite personal thing that I love to talk about is that Aquarius men look like frogs. And so my poll was, (laughs) does Harry Styles look like a frog because he's an Aquarius man? 88% agreed with me. Yes. Who are the other Aquarius men that look like frogs? Literally Google any famous man. <laughs> Literally Google any Aquarius man. Hold on. I'm trying to think. The only Justin one that came to my mind was Is he an Aquarius? And sure. The only one the only one that came to my mind was Callum from Five Sauce. Was I wrong though? Like no. Evan Peters. Oh, Evan Peters bad, yeah. Uh, Elijah Wood. Mm, yeah. I mean Taylor Lautner's on here, but I don't know. I feel like he's too a little bit too conventionally attractive. I haven't thought about him in that way. Mm. We do have The Weeknd on this list. I don't know. I feel like I don't get frog from The Weeknd as much as I get, like, nondescript insect. Yeah. Like, there's something <laughs> a little more, like, woodsy about it, but I, I see the vision. Jury's sure. still out. My favorite one, actually, I want your reaction to is that Sarah is very much the camp that Harry Styles is just Steve Buscemi. Sarah says things sometimes, and I really got to take, like, moments to really process. But very specifically, this picture, it's, like, kind of... Well, because, see, that he also then looks like everyone in Arctic Monkeys and everyone in Inhaler and every, like, (laughs) British person that's ever been in a band looks exactly like that. So, like, now what? I'm like, this is literally Harry Styles. Anyways, the people supported me in agreeing (laughs) that this is Harry Styles slander. So, sorry, Sarah. I think Sarah's favorite thing to do is to slander Harry, but from the heart. And that's what makes it different. Yes. That's why That's why she's a real one. It's all love. So in conclusion, jury's still out. I think we're all sitting by for the HQ photos. Next up, and this happened recently. This was like literally like two nights ago. I feel like I woke up to do it yesterday morning, but Taylor Swift is continuing the Eras tour in Argentina and Travis Kelsey is with her, but we woke up to her changing the lyrics of Karma to Karma is the guy in the Chiefs coming straight home to me. And there's like fan footage of like fans like videoing him like right when this line happened. And like the reaction was so cute and wholesome. It was sweet. What is your, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have more to say. <laughs> what is your take on Travis, like Travis Taylor? Well, first of all, I, for the longest time, thought that his last name was pronounced Kels, and I liked that so much better. I thought his name was so much cooler when (laughs) I was pronouncing it wrong. And I just, I feel like this is all very sweet, but it is coming at a time when I am so tailored out from this entire year. Mm. Like, happy for her, but can she go be happy away from my (laughs) line of vision? (laughs) Like, go be happy somewhere else. Do you feel like Taylor's oversaturated, overexposed? I think we hit that mark not even two hours into the first night of that restaurant. Oh like, I think, I think we got to that point very early, but I think there were like so many like highs and lows of it, where it was like the bad things were so bad, and the bad thing being Matt Healy, right? <laughs> the bad thing being so bad that everything else in comparison has seemed like more palatable. <laughs> but I do think that if we just kind of step back and look at the amount of Taylor content that we've consumed this year, the amount of Taylor stories that I have written this year as someone who is not a Swifty. Yeah. But, you know, good for her. Taylor's just everywhere in a way that she hasn't been before. But I'm always fascinated by how 
additionally famous she can get. Yes. Because you always think Taylor is the most famous she could possibly be. Like, I saw a video, and I think it was, like, her car being either escorted back to her hotel or, like, to the stadium. And it was, like, all the police, like, escorting her. And just, like, you forget that she's her, and then you see something like that. And it's just, like, oh, this girl is, like, massively famous. Yeah. And I feel like when you're in the throes of just like the amount of content around her, it's really easy to forget that because you you become so familiar with her and then you see something that kind of puts her actually into the scope of how famous she is. And it's just like, damn, this girl is like actually incredibly, incredibly famous, which seems obvious, of course, but. I mean, the discourse this year has been wild, but I know for all of our Swifties, like Sarah and I personally were like very like, oh, well, this happened like the night before, but I was, a, I was asleep. I was not present for this. I woke up to like five texts from Sarah and I logged on Twitter and there were all these videos. And I just have to say my piece is that Taylor, like literally having her rom-com moment, like running into the arms of Travis Kelsey is very sweet and wholesome. It was cute. I did. <laughs> I smiled. And then I scrolled away. I think it's cute. I think the little lyric change, I do feel bad for Joe Alwyn, I will say. <laughs> I will say I feel bad for that man on very many a level because he really didn't do anything. Yeah. But from the second they broke up, <laughs> the amount of memes about him being broke, like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just been months of torment. And then also him having to go through that in the strike and not oh, yeah. have at work not, <laughs> not have distraction really have, then he, now he's really not broke anything like, to do. now he's really broke and then you have every taylor swift fan on the internet calling you broke letting the entire world know that you're broke your ex-girlfriend was writing songs about you being broke while you were still together yeah like, there's just so much happening but now like the comparisons between like Travis's reaction at the shows and his reaction yeah, at the shows yeah. and now Swifty's writing think pieces yeah. about Joe being introverted. <laughs> it's just like I've never met a more unserious group of people in my life. <laughs> but I mean, I think it is just like a thing of Taylor Swift has always been someone who has needed to find someone who could operate within her world, who could function within her world. And I think that a lot of the relationships that we've seen her in has just been trial and errors of men not being able to function in that world, whether that be because their masculinity is threatened by her success and her fame and, and her prestige in a lot of ways, or just the fact that she's been dating a lot of dirtbags that, you know, are not even up to her caliber. And so I feel like maybe she's found like a nice middle ground here. Like I'm rooting for them. I think it's cute. I will say, it, yeah, I I agree that like this relationship for Taylor is like very cute. And I and I agree what you said about like no one so far being able to handle her level of fame. And to a certain regard, he just like was so delusional shooting his shot, which like also I feel like not that delusional. Like he was already like somewhat of a famous man, at least in, in, in the sports world. But, sure. but like the internet is like this man was so delusional shooting a shot. And now look at him. I think that's fair, though. I don't think that we've seen, especially because it was like a very public pursuing of Taylor. I don't think we've seen any men in any genuine way pursue Taylor like that. Yeah, he's kind of, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about him, but like it's giving himbo. Yeah, I feel like he voluntarily threw himself to the woods. He's like, yes, I will put Taylor on a personal pedestal in our relationship and be the himbo. Like I will take, I will take one for the team and be the himbo. Well, because I also, like, I'm just more curious about the timeline of it. Because I know the timeline from our perspective is probably very different from what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. 
And as far as like when he starts talking about the friendship bracelets yeah. and all of that stuff, yeah. and then her coming to that game, because it made it seem like it all happened very quickly. And I was like, there's no way yeah. this girl is moving like that that quickly. Yeah. There's no way. Um, especially just like this, I don't know. There was the whole, and you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about that picture of them leaving the game together. Yeah. And it was like that, whatever suit he had on, like the website that he, the, whatever designer it was had like changed it to be like 1989 coded essentially. And so that like, interesting put it in a, in a, and it wasn't like actually 1989 related at all. This was very much something that was changed after the fact the being there with his mom, it all felt very, this is too, this is too much too soon yeah. for the timeline that we have. So I think the timeline is probably definitely different. I do think the SNL thing was a bit much, but that was just my feeling about how Taylor's presence has been intertwined with Ice Spice's career in a mm. way that I am not fond of. Just because it is, I think Ice Spice is like one of the more exciting people that we've seen in pop in a long time yeah and i'm genuinely excited about her career and where it's gonna go and the music we're gonna get from it but you can't read a single ice spice profile or anything now without, without television mention five to ten times in it yeah and it's just like well that's not really like there was a narrative there before all of that i also still think that the timing of all that with the maddie healy yeah. apology yeah. was suspicious yes. like yeah all of that rubbed me the wrong way for that now to be something that is going to be like inextricably tied to Taylor for the rest of her career, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Especially with this Grammy nomination, and especially if they win. Yeah. God forbid. I just that that's a whole other thing, and I still think that that's and that's where I always get with Taylor, where it's just like we'll be having fun, and then I'll start looking at things a little closely, and I'm just like, you move kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's that valid. I mean, fun. yeah, you know, and we've I'm talked about it on depth here. We've talked about it in depth on this podcast too. Last thing I'll say on Taylor, I posted this on our Instagram story. It was a tweet said, "Travis Kelsey, you're like a pet to me. As long as you live to serve my queen, I will be celebrating your existence." <laughs> in the poll that I put up, she is Barbie. He's just Ken. Eighty-seven percent agree. Uh, the other 13% have to say that he's an important sportsman too. I guess. But there are a lot of important sportsmen. And they're only important to certain factions of other men. Exactly. Which does not make you important. Exactly. <laughs> it does not make you important. Speaking of men who are important, we have Jacob Elordi on the cover. Was it a cover story or feature story with GQ? Uh, stunning. It's the men of the year issue. So it's one of the cover stories, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Stunning photos. He's, he's he's giving gorgeous. what we want Harry Styles to be giving us right now while Harry Styles is giving us bald. <laughs> this is what we wanted him to be giving during Don't Worry Darling promo and just never got it. Yes. So. It's also kind of like Clark Kent, like the glasses. He, I am so fascinated by because he is playing this Hollywood game in a way that I think most young men in Hollywood his age should be playing it. Which is like he is acting like this is like the 1950s and yeah. he is actually in old Hollywood. And I just respect the commitment to the bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's someone who, and like he talks about this all the time, like his obsession with like old Hollywood films and like all of these old actors. And I love a little deep dive on Wikipedia about those actors. Have I sat down and watched their movies? Absolutely not. <laughs> I've not done that. It's funny that you bring up his obsession with old Hollywood because his frame of reference for Elvis was just simply Lilo and Stitch. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like, well, because even in this profile, <laughs> like the like journalists asked him like who 
he had been like watching or when he was like trying to emulate American accents and he was like trying to learn who to like figure out who to speak like essentially. And they were just like, oh, well, like, who were you like trying to emulate? Yeah. And he says Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I thought it'd sound cool or something. And then she was like asking about what movies he's been watching recently that he really enjoyed. And he said the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> and I was just like, this what? man is... And he is entirely, entirely serious. serious. And I'm just like, I love this. Yeah. I love this. He's so serious. But then he also then goes on the like this yeah. tangent. Well, not a tangent. He was asked about it, about the Kissing Booth movies and how much he... And they, he said that he, they made him want to die. <laughs> like, those movies literally made him want to die. Which, like, all right, I could see that. Because here's my thing, right? The reactions to him basically saying that he wanted nothing to do with the Kissing Booth franchise has been that he is punching down at something that a lot of young women enjoy mm. and that helped make him famous. Yeah. Sure. The Kissing Booth movies were also terrible. <laughs> so... Because my thing was, like, I read that and I saw people's reactions and I was like, if this was Noah Centineo saying that he wanted nothing to do with All the Boys I Loved Before, different conversation. Yeah. Those movies are perfect. Those movies are excellent. The Kissing Booth movies? No. Yeah. Like, they're, no. It's, it's, this is, like, when hearing you say this is, like, bringing up Robert Pattinson talking shit about Twilight for years in, like, every single interview. Yeah. And I feel like that's. Fine. And it's like they I mean, they were I, bad, like they they were bad, but like that's part of like the legacy now, right? That is literally those are my some of my favorite movies. Ever I love made. Twilight, not I, because yes. they're good movies, but because they're those movies. Like they're it's so event. right, so specific to their time, so specific to the pop culture cycle they existed within, and there was really no pop culture cycle around the Kissing Booth movies. Yeah, they were. Just kind of there. Another His rom-com. character sucked. Yeah. And it wasn't obviously in service to him. He needed a job. And he says like this thing in there about how like that Hollywood rule of, you know, one for them, one for me. And then he was like, well, what happens is it ends up being like 15 for them, none for me. Yeah. And so he was like that he's done with his one for them era. Yeah. Which like, I think that's fine. I mean, I wish we would have got him a better rom-com before he decided he yeah. was never going to touch one of them again. Yeah. I do think that men in Hollywood... I think we as women and as people who like looking at them on screens and only watch movies when hot people are in them, I think we are owed that these serious, quote unquote, serious actors appear in rom-coms. Dev Patel, where's Dev Patel's rom-com? Andrew Garfield, you know, I give him a pass because the Amazing Spider-Man movies were (laughs) rom-coms. He killed two burns with one stone and I really respect him for that. But it's just like, I don't... I understand why, as actors, they don't want to do those things. I feel like there's a parallel to that for pretty much any creative industry. Yeah. Which is, you want to be doing one thing, but you have to do another thing until you can get to that one thing. I understand them not wanting to do that. I don't know if there are any actors other than, like, maybe Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler loves a rom-com. Yeah. And so I don't really see him being like, yeah, I really want to go off to the mountains of wherever and, you know turn this thousand year old book into a screenplay and you know all of that i get that and so i don't really see the point in villainizing him for not having like the job that he had to do yeah, we've all had yeah, jobs that we didn't yeah. like it's He's very still young you remove it from that yeah He's very young he has a very long career ahead of him like who knows 
Yeah, I feel like, you know, I don't know. George Clooney, has he done? He's done rom-coms. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think that I thought the interview itself was like really interesting though. Have you seen Priscilla or Saltburn yet? I haven't. I'm going this weekend. Okay, nice. I'm deeply excited. Yes. And also because that's a thing and that's like a marker of a movie star for me. If I just have to see your name is involved in something and it can get me to a theater, yeah, you're a yeah, star. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time sitting in movie theaters. I don't spend a lot of time watching movies. Yeah. I don't have the attention span for it most of the time. But I think it's only because when I'm like consuming art, I want to sit with it for a long time. Like I love songs that I can put on repeat for three hours yeah, yeah. and sit with that song for three hours. I cannot do that with a movie. Like I just saw Killers of the Flower Moon on Saturday. That movie was three and a half hours I'm like, long. we're maybe the same <laughs> because Sarah <laughs> always wants to do commentary like pieces about uh, or, like commentary episodes about movies. And I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. Like I don't remember <laughs> how I felt. <laughs> no there's um there's a podcast that the ringer does called the big picture and i listen to that so much and i think i spend more time listening to that podcast than i do watching actual movies because i will just watch i'll listen to the podcast and not even go see the movie yeah i don't always need to especially if it's something that's like oscars buzz around it and all of that i don't always feel like i need to sit and watch the actual movie sometimes i'm just interested in hearing people talk about the movie and whether they enjoyed it and then i can draw some type of conclusions from that but i don't feel like i need to be seated in the theater and i really enjoyed the movie i like most of these movies when i do go see them but yeah i think him like timothy chalamet like is another person you put his name on anything i'm going to go see it currently right now on the fritz with him because he was involved with some nonsense on snl but i just think you know broadly speaking any male actor who you can say he's in this movie he plays any role it's remember when like dylan o'brien was in the internship for like 30 minutes yeah and i was just like this is incredible i'm having a great time (laughs) waiting for dylan o'brien to show up that was me going to the theater to see dunkirk because harry was going to be in it eating bread for 30 seconds yeah i was there we've been there to be fair though they kind of got us on that press tour because they really made it seem like he had an important role in that movie he did not i'm gonna be honest i don't know if i ever saw it i fell asleep it, it sounded long and boring I don't know if I, I ever fell saw asleep it. in the yes. theater, sitting next to like a World War II vet. Probably, oh, like no. I was very much, <laughs> very much <laughs> this little old man. He was having the time of his life watching that movie. I was definitely snoring, but I mean, nice. I'm sure Christopher Nolan is a nice yeah. man. Like I, that's my <laughs> that's my takeaway every time. I'm sure they're lovely. They spent a lot of time and money making these films. Best of luck to them. I just you know, but I will be seeing Saltburn and I will be seeing Priscilla. Um, because I hate he's he's very so. much having his moment right now and my personal other favorite that's having a moment but like also like moment to be because I don't know I feel like the movie choices he's been doing has been like very random is Nicholas Galatine I mentioned him on the mm. podcast last week but my personal favorite thing is that I just have to give this little anecdote of my friend Angela messaged me and was like because I posted Nicholas um, on our like Instagram page because of having talked about him last week and she was like is this the guy from Cheetah Girls 2 and I was like Please be more specific. Like, I, <laughs> to me, this means nothing. She sends me this video of, like, Cheetah Girls 2. They're in Spain. Dorinda is doing a very steamy dance scene with Joaquin. I think they're dancing tango. I don't know. Maybe. They're dancing some partner dance, which, like, also, like, very wild for Disney to put a dance scene like this in a teen movie. But also, Joaquin, very cute, but also not Nicholas Galatine. <laughs> Do you remember anything of Cheetah Girls? Did this leave an impression on you? I remember 
the first and second movie. I remember nothing after that. I did not watch Cheetah Girls One World. I think after Raven left, I also did. I was just like, well, there's nothing here for me. My biggest thing is that I remember, <laughs> I remember showing, I have a niece who is 10 now, but I think she was eight at the time, had never seen the Cheetah Girls movies. And I was like, there's no way, like you have to. Yeah. So she came over, we had like a big sleepover thing and I'm so excited to show my darling niece the Cheetah Girls. And we get through the first movie, which is like the one where the dog gets stuck in like the pothole thing and they have to like come rescue him and they have to sing to get him out. (laughs) I just remember the movie ending and her turning to me and going, I don't understand what they were so happy about. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. Savage. I was like, this world has ruined our children. They can't even enjoy the Cheetah Girls anymore. Oh my God. I know, it was really, really sad. I love it. That's my memory of the Cheetah Girls now. So I did post this video on our Instagram and I said uh, the options were, I remember this vividly, who is he? No, but like, but like, who is he? So 55% said they remembered this scene vividly, which I love that you guys are all remembering this. 29% want to know who he is. And then the other 16% are like, no, but like, what? Like, why do I care? And also 57% agree that he looks like Nicholas Galatine. However, still very split. So honestly, I just love doing some polls, seeing how the people are feeling about the things we're already fangirling about. But Larisha, I would love to throw it over to you if there's anything that you've been thinking about this week that we haven't already talked about. I will say on Nicholas Galatine, I didn't know he could sing, like actually sing, but he has a song called Comfort (laughs) that is genuinely, like genuinely very good. Like just he just put out a song or like for a movie? I think it came out, it's like his actual song. Like it's just on It's just his on Spotify? Own. It's just Nicholas Galatine on Spotify. It's on Spotify. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. And it's very like, I don't know. It's not like complex. It's not like a, a thing that, that I feel like we have to like have like a artistic, you know, conversation about. It's from last year, honestly, June, 2024. Wow. Released independently, not through a label. Wow. And maybe it's not because the only other music on his Spotify are the songs from the Camila Cabello Cinderella soundtrack, which yeah, yeah. I have never spent a second of my life listening to or watching. Okay, look, no, I was literally like on Amazon. I was literally on like TV the other day and I was like, what like Nicholas Galatine movies can I watch? And I was like, the Cinderella movie? And I like watched the preview and I was like, no, I can't. I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, I'm like very I, anti-musicals, but also I don't know if I could sit through that. I am anti-Camila Cabello. So that's, <laughs> that's that answer. <laughs> my bad but no it's literally his only like non-soundtrack song on spotify wow. and it's so good it has like five thousand five million streams like it's i don't know she's just kind of hanging around and i don't even remember how i found that i want to say it probably came up on a tiktok if i'm being so real but it's really good i really enjoyed it wow i can't believe i can't i can't believe i'm gonna be completely obsessed and like right after we hang up i know y'all gotta get him on the pod <laughs> you'll have to get him on the pod <laughs> Uh, any other, any other, anything, any other fangirl nonsense for you? Celebrating the eighth anniversary of One Direction and Justin Bieber putting albums out on the same day. Ooh. (sighs) That was a time. Yes. I will say, I do not remember listening to Purpose that day at all. I remember listening to Made in the AM when I was getting ready for school and I burnt myself on my flat iron. That's my core memory of that. Uh, Grammy noms happened. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you have any feelings? I that uh, they did. I did not look closely at them. I just I my only thing was... is like in the rock category, they keep pretending like rock music doesn't exist anymore, and I'm like, y'all. 
Yeah, I uh, shout out to Olivia Rodrigo, Ballad of a Homeschool Girl, nominated for a Rock Grammy, which mm. is incredible. <laughs> incredible. Shout out Paramore, nominated yes. for Rock Grammys. Yeah. They better win. Yeah. That's my take on that. I did see, like, the last time a woman won, like, maybe album of the year in the rock category was, like, 1999. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like I understand why the category... I will say album of the year looks a little closer to what I was expecting than a lot of the other categories. Pop really threw me off this year. And as a pop girl, it was really disorienting for me, but I cannot pretend that that Miley Cyrus album was like her best offering. I think especially post Plastic Hearts and Plastic Hearts not getting Grammy love. It's just a whole thing, you know? It's just a whole thing where I'm like looking at these categories and I'm not seeing what I felt like I was hearing this year. There's no Pink Panthers, mm. which I think is insane. I think that is literally like on level with the weekends. Like Yeah, not even for infamous Best New Artist. Snub. Yeah. Best it was, New Artist that was that was crazy to me. Gracie Abrams, Fred Again, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Noah Khan, Victoria Monet, and the War and Treaty. I am praying for a full Victoria Monet sweep. Mm. I would love to see that for yeah, her. She had seven noms. It is just so cool to watch happen, I think. I think she's been in this for so long. I think especially when you think about, like, there was, like, the whole situation with the VMAs where everyone was like, why is she not booked to perform? Like, All My Mama is such a big song. And they basically told her that it's too early in her career and in her story for her to perform at the VMAs, even on a pre-show. And so to see her then not even, you know, three months later come through with seven Grammy nominations, like... I hope they feel stupid. Like, I just hope they yeah. feel like they fumbled the biggest bag because they absolutely did. And I think obviously like, that's the same stage like we saw like Normani really make a kind of grand statement debut as a solo artist. And like even like when she was in Fifth Harmony, Normani was like really dominating that stage. And I think her and Victoria in my mind are very similar artists in that sense as performers. And so I would really just love to see her have like a really big, big year. And it feels like, R&B might be like the most right category that the Grammys got this year because the rap the rap categories look a mess and I don't even know enough about rap to know whether or not it's fully reflective of what happened this year but me glancing over it I'm like this doesn't look right to mm. what my ears even heard like in passing um yeah and then the, like the pop categories are just kind of boring and like I didn't really like that Ed Sheeran album that got nominated not because it was like a bad album. I do think that him kind of returning to form in a way was good. And I think the content of it was good. But I also just don't think that it was, you know, everything. The best pop vocal album is Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I'm like, that's boring to me. Yeah. I would have loved to see Hozier nominated for anything. But again, like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't look to the Grammys to necessarily be super reflective of what was actually happening at any given point in time. But then again, it also, especially post pandemic when everything that is really big feels like the things that stand out from like niche subsections and really bubble up and do enter that main mainstream space, you expect them to at least be more aware about it. And they just seem deeply oblivious these last couple of years. 
Honestly, I enjoyed the Grammys last year for the first time in a long time, but that was, you know, me also fighting for my life after Harry won that Grammy over Beyonce. Oh, yep. Which was a lot for me. That's what we we talked about on the podcast last time. We do have an episode all about that if you guys want to go find it. Yes, that was me getting 20 text messages yes. on my phone within a five-minute span yeah. asking if I'm okay. Yeah. Please make a statement. No. Please make a statement. No. <laughs> like, well, me? What no, is your statement? <laughs> what is my statement? Um, but no, I feel like, you know, we'll watch the Grammys, we'll talk about it for 24 to 48 hours, and then we'll move on as we do. And I that consistency really helps me sleep at night. The fact that I don't have to worry about us having conversations about the Grammys after, like, three days, unless something absolutely insane happens i think we'll be fine you know it's just one of those things it's just one of those things but yeah that's that's where i'm at with it thank you as always appreciate the grammy update since you are a grammy expert here on the podcast but larisha thank you so much for joining us for some fangirl nonsense thank you so much for having me and thanks all of you guys for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. If you want to send some questions, comments, fangirl nonsense to us, you know where to find us. If you want to send some well wishes to Sarah, she is at Sarah underscore Fagan. I am at Jenna underscore Million. And you can find both of us at Name Three Songs on all platforms. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to stand a bald Harry. If you want to find out more about anything we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com.